In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. There is no other plan but the person of Jesus. There is no other way to get to heaven unless we go through him. This is the most controversial yet fundamental claim of Christianity. Jesus alone has accomplished everything necessary for the salvation of all who believe in him. This doctrine separates Christianity from every other worldview, and it unites every other doctrine within our faith. Welcome to On Mission, the preaching ministry of Edgewood Baptist Church in Rock Island. When we gather together, we meet on 38th Street, and when we're scattered, we strive to live on mission all over the Quad Cities area. Listen now to part two of a message called, Who Jesus Is. And we need to settle this. Jesus is the creator. He was not created. Jesus existed before everything else. Let me take us to John chapter 8. Jesus is having a dialogue with the religious leaders, and they're claiming that Abraham is their father, like Abraham is our guy. And Jesus said, well, if Abraham was your father, you would be living differently, and you would believe in me if that were true. So it's contentious. And then Jesus dropped something on them that really shook them up. He said these words, John 8, 58. Before Abraham was, I am. Whoa. And we don't even get the woe that they would have got. So not only is he saying, I was around before Abraham was, he's saying that he is God. Because he said, I am. That's the answer God gave to Moses in Exodus 3. When Moses didn't want to go to the people, he's like, I don't want to go. Okay, if I go, who should I say is sending me? God answers, tell them, I am who I am is sending you. Tell them, Yahweh is sending you. The Nicene Creed affirms this. Jesus was begotten, not made. So we're going to dive deeper into the doctrine of Christ. We're going to camp on the doctrine of Christ during the month of December leading up to Christmas, including his pre-existence. And I think we're going to approach Christmas in a whole nother way, in a glorious way this year. So Jesus is not only the creator, but he also provides the purpose for his creation. All things were created through him and for him him. The goal of all creation is to glorify Christ. Revelation 4.11, New Living Translation, says it like this, for you created everything, and it is for your pleasure that they exist and that they were created. Number four, he holds all things together. (laughs) Doesn't it seem like our country's falling apart right now? Our world? Maybe even your life today. You're like, if you only knew what's going on in my heart right now and in your mind, the kind of week you've had, the place you've been in your life, the relationships that have ruptured, the diagnoses you've received. Maybe you're just in a really hard place and you're like, I I can't hold it all together. Listen, Jesus holds all things together. 
Christ is before all things, both in time and rank. He's not only the creator of the world, he's the cohesion that brings and keeps it all together. In him, everything came to be, and by him, everything continues to be. If Jesus were to remove his sustaining power, everything would dissolve into disorder. Friends, we don't have to be shaken. We don't have to be ashamed. Because Jesus upholds everything by the word of his power. Remember, there is no crisis in heaven today. He will be exalted among the nations. Now, in your Bibles, turn to John chapter 14, verse 6, and we're going to land on this one verse, the rest of the message. Many of you have it memorized. That's a good thing, but don't become so familiar with the verse that it loses its impact. John 14, 6, check this out, words of Jesus. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. He's the only truth. He's the only life. There is no other plan but the person of Jesus. There's no way to get to heaven unless we go through him. So let me just say, perhaps you're already thinking, this right here is the most controversial yet fundamental claim of Christianity. Jesus alone has accomplished everything necessary for the salvation of all who believe in him. This doctrine right here separates Christianity from every other worldview and it unites every other doctrine within our faith. So Jesus is very inclusive in the sense that everyone is invited. Anybody can come to Jesus, no matter what they've done, no matter how they've been living. John 6, 37, whoever comes to me, Jesus said, I will never cast out. Yeah, but hold that with this second part. His claims are extremely exclusive in that there's no other way to heaven except through him. So how, how do we mesh that in our pluralistic society like ours, which values variety and excludes exclusive truth claims? Well, though Christianity still dominates by sheer numbers, the U.S. now has a greater diversity of religious groups than any country in recorded history. To insist that Jesus is the only way If you do that, you will be called intolerant or worse, bigoted, hateful, narrow-minded. But it's helpful to remember that the world of the biblical authors was filled with paganism and pluralism as well. So in the midst of all this doctrinal diversity, the Bible makes some rather startling claims that run countercultural to the pluralistic mantra of religious Tolerance. So I'm going to have us walk through four verses, and, and I'm going to encourage you, actually stronger, I'm going to exhort you to settle this today. Because for some of you, you're not sure. So we're going to go to the scriptures, not what I'm saying, not what this church teaches, what does the Bible teach, and then you need to come to the point and like, all right, this is what the Bible teaches, therefore this is what I believe. Matthew chapter 7 the end of the Sermon on the Mount, words of Jesus. 
Enter by the what? Narrow. Narrow gate. For the gate is wide and easy, fun, pleasurable, that leads to destruction. And those who enter to that wide, through that wide gate are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is what? Hard. That leads to life. And those who find it are few. Acts 4.12, Peter's preaching. He boldly makes this statement. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. 1 Timothy 2.5, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. 1 John 5.12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Friends, that's just a sampling. I had eight There are even a lot more than eight. These passages are extremely exclusive, overwhelmingly clear. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Do you believe that, church? So his statements of divine authority are incompatible. You can't bring it together with the homogenizing views of religious Pluralists. Now, let's dive more deeply into John 14, 6. We're going to look at this phrase by phrase. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I'll highlight the different words or phrases as we go through it. First of all, when Jesus uses the phrase, I am, he is once again claiming the name of Yahweh for himself. Jesus is God in human flesh. In the Gospel of John, he also said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. In Revelation, I am the alpha and omega and the resurrection and the life. Jesus claimed to be God. Muhammad didn't. Buddha didn't. Confucius didn't. No one else did the miracles he did. No one else lived a sinless life like he did. No one died the death he died as our sin substitute. And no one else has risen from the dead as promised on the third day. Notice this verse begins with the word I. Eleven times in the first six verses, Of John 14, Jesus uses the personal pronoun I, me, my. Friends, we're not saved by a principle. We're not saved by a force, but by a person. Jesus did not say he knew the way, he knew the truth, he knew the life, or even that he taught these great principles. No, he described himself to be the embodiment of the way, the truth, and the life. So while answering all of life's questions, Jesus doesn't offer a recipe to follow. He doesn't give us a bunch of rules or rituals. Instead, he offers a relationship with himself. His plan is wrapped up in a person. Notice next, Jesus doesn't say, I am 
a way, a truth, a life. He says, I am the way, that is the only way. I am the truth, that is the only truth, and the life, that is the only life. Would you also observe these concepts are active and dynamic? The way brings to God, the truth makes us free. The life produces relationship. Without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. And without the life, there is no growing. Oh, observe next. The context indicates the idea of the way predominates. The word way is used three times in verses four, five, and six. And so we could say like this. Jesus is saying, I am the way that reveals the truth about God and gives life to those who believe. Or more literally, I am the way because I am the truth and the life. And finally, would you note, there is one exclusive avenue to salvation. With Christ removed, there is no redemptive truth. There is no everlasting life. There is no way to the Father. Other religious systems offer attempts to bridge the gap between man and God, but Jesus is the only one who has succeeded in bridging that divide. Now, since every word of this astonishing statement challenges the fundamental beliefs of our culture, I want to go through it again in another way. Number one, Jesus is the way. Only one way is right, which means every other way is wrong. Jesus does not merely show the way, he is himself the way. This has a twofold meaning. He is the way from God to us, and he's also the way from us to God. Incidentally, six different times in the book of Acts, the followers of Jesus are referred to as the members of the way, the way. The way to heaven is not through performance, And it's also not through penance. Some of us think if I just work harder, if I'm just better, if I just, we just think, well, then maybe I'll get there. And others of us, we're just like, we're worms and we're trying to work stuff off because we're doing these acts of penance. Friends, that's not what it's all about. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. If I believe the Bible, I must say that Jesus is the only way. Secondly, Jesus is the truth. That word truth in scripture is used in two ways. True as contrasted with false and genuine as opposed to fake. Jesus is authentic. He's trustworthy. When we look at Jesus, we come face to face with certainty and reality. Truth is the scarcest commodity in the world today. We hear people say this. That might be true for you. That's not true for me. I have my truth. You have your truth. Researcher George Barna has discovered nearly 75% of Americans do not believe in absolute truth. So here's the sad part about that. Without the clarity and consistency of absolute moral truth, we're reduced to doing what seems right, what feels good, what gives us the most pleasure, what produces the least resistance, what gives us the greatest possible personal Fulfillment. By the way, our topic next weekend is truth, the timelessness of truth. 
So write this down or remember this. It's not mean or bigoted or arrogant to say that Jesus is the only way. Why? Because he's the only way. It would actually be mean and bigoted and narrow-minded not to tell people that Jesus is the only way and the only truth and the only life. Number three, Jesus is the life. All through the Gospel of John, life describes the principle of spiritual vitality. Just as spiritual death leads to separation from God, life implies communion, relationship with him. We are dead in our sins without him. We become alive when we surrender ourselves to him. John 5, 24, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed over from death to life. I've been pondering a quote this week from Michael Whitner. I'm put it up on the screen and so we can see it with our eyes as you hear it as well. If our preaching boasts in Jesus, glories in Jesus, and urges all to rest in Jesus, then and only then will pluralism seem laughably absurd. If Jesus is merely a means to an end, a friend who helps us exhale, cope with misfortune, or discover our true selves, well, then other friends and religious techniques might work just as well. But if Jesus is life itself, there is nowhere else to turn. Defeating pluralism is as simple as celebrating Jesus. If we faithfully and passionately present the good news of Jesus, religious pluralism will strike our people as obviously implausible. Well, let's turn to some action steps. If you don't know Jesus yet through the new birth, that is your next step. He is the only way. No one comes to the Father except through him. That little word except means that apart from Jesus, there is no way to be saved. If you go back to verse one, Jesus says, believe in me. That word believe is an imperative. It's a command. It means to rely on, to trust in, to cling to. Jesus is the way that must be followed. He's the truth that must be believed, and he's the life that must be lived. Number two, if you know Jesus already, you and I are commanded, commissioned to tell others about him. And brothers and sisters, We don't have to make Jesus more palatable to people. He is truth and he can stand up to thorough investigation. Our job is to tell others about him without going quiet, without caving into the culture or watering down the way to heaven. As someone has said, the problem with watering the gospel down so that others will drink it is that what they end up drinking is not the gospel at all. The exclusivity of Christ is a compassionate and humble doctrine because it keeps people, people from seeking salvation in a place where it cannot be found. Let me give an illustration. Imagine we're living in the midst of a post-nuclear war fallout, and there is only one and only one source of clean, drinkable water in the entire world. All the other water sources Well, they look okay, but they're actually poisoned with radiation. 
Now, we wouldn't be arrogant to claim there's only one source of clean water because this information would keep people from making a fatal choice of drinking deadly water. Friends, hold up Jesus as the only way to salvation. And when you do, that is not unkind. It is the most loving thing you and I can do. David Platt tells about being in a speech class when he, when he was in college. And when it was his turn, he decided to speak on the Christian faith. At the end of his speech, one classmate became very angry and lashed out. This is what she said. Are you telling me that if I don't believe in Jesus, I'll spend eternity in hell when I die? So picture this Christian college student suddenly becomes very nervous. He said he broke out into a sweat and he said this, Jane, we're all sinners. We've disobeyed God. We've been separated from him and the only way we can be forgiven is if someone paid the price for our sins and that's what Jesus did because he loves you and he loves every single one of us in the classroom. So in answer to your question, yes, apart from faith in Jesus Christ, you will spend eternity in hell when you die. There's a guy who knew what he believed and he was unashamed of the gospel. Well, the response was memorable. Jane bolted over to him after class and exclaimed, I just want you to know that is the most conceited thing I've ever heard anybody say. For you to tell us that if we don't believe like you believe that we're going to spend eternity in damnation, who do you think you are? Well, they had several conversations the rest of that semester, and then uh, during summer break, they lost touch with one another. And when the new school year started, this woman named Jane tracked him down. This is what she said. I just want you to know, this summer I found out that Jesus is the only way to God. And I have trusted him to save me, and now I know that when I die, I'm going to heaven. Friends, the truth that Jesus is the only way should make us bold, and it should also break us. We must hold to this truth, but it should tenderize us and put tears in our eyes about the fate of the lost. Keep sharing the narrow, glorious gospel and don't water it down. Since Jesus is truly the only way, the meanest thing we could do would be to keep it to ourselves. And since Jesus is truly the only way, the most loving thing is to share it with others. The truth of John 14, 6 answers three key questions everyone has. How can I be saved? He's the way. How can I be sure? He's the truth. How can I be satisfied? Well, he's the life. Now, contrary to what the leaders of that organization in Maryland declared, I can't even call it a church, Jesus Christ is exclusionary and must remain so. And because of his supremacy over all things, each of us must face a question today. Here it is. Is Jesus simply prominent in your life or is he preeminent? Many today believe there are many roads up the mountain to get to God. But what if the God at the top of the mountain decided he was going to make his way down 
the mountain to us and then bring us up to the top of the mountain to be with him. That's what he did in Jesus. Friends, make sure Jesus is preeminent in your life, not just prominent. Because of his supremacy over all things, each of us must face a question. Is Jesus prominent in my life or is he preeminent? What about you? If you have not been saved yet, this is your next step. If you are already a Christian and you've been living for yourself, it's time to surrender fully to him. Right now, today. Thanks for joining us for On Mission. If you'd like to listen to this message again, you can now download episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or Google Podcasts by going to edgewoodbaptist.net. We'd love to have you as a guest at one of our three weekend services, Saturday at 5 or Sunday at 9 or 1045. My name is Matt Williams, and I'm a member of Edgewood. Ethan Curry, also an Edgewood member, is serving as the producer of this program. We look forward to connecting with you again next weekend as we learn more about how to live on mission. Until then, go deep in God's Word and keep applying it to your world. On Mission is furnished by Edgewood Baptist in Rock Island, Illinois.